Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. 
Today, I'm going to talk about relapse. I'll explain how common it is for people to relapse, some different perspectives on sobriety, and some things that increase the chances of relapsing. You'll learn about my experiences with going back to drinking, and a few things that you can work on if returning to drinking is an issue for you. So let's dig in. Many of us don't stay sober on our first try. I see a lot of newbies nervous about it because they've heard relapse is a part of recovery, but they don't want to relapse. Likewise, I see people go back and forth from getting a bit of sober time, then they'll drink for a day and regret it, then get a bit more sober time, repeat. I was curious, so... I looked up some statistics. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism says that about 90% of people relapse within four years of completing treatment. Other statistics are similar. Less than 20% of people who receive treatment remain sober for an entire year, and those that do, 60% will remain sober for two years. The longer you stay sober, the less chance you have of relapsing, with the chances dropping significantly at around five years. It's important to note that these statistics are for people who receive formal treatment for their drinking, not for everyone who stops drinking. It's basically impossible to get statistics for those of us who quit without rehab or AA. I think that most of us don't get sober on the first try, whether you call it a relapse or not. I don't consider the times I returned to drinking to be relapses because I really wasn't trying to get sober in the first place. Sometimes you have to experiment with not drinking before you can be interested in the idea of sobriety. We stop drinking, feel really amazing, and then our mind is like, I think it's been long enough. You can drink again. This time will be different. You'll be able to moderate. Then we drink and it's not different and we go right back to blowing up our lives and being miserable. People that can drink normally don't need to take extended breaks and then convince themselves that this time will be different because their drinking doesn't make them miserable. Only problem drinkers have these types of thoughts. So if you have them, remind yourself that you stopped drinking for a very good reason. If alcohol seriously blew up your life, then you have a very concrete reason why you won't drink again. For me, I know that alcohol makes me extremely suicidal. I don't feel that way unless I drink. So I know if I start drinking again, I will become suicidal and will be risking my life. Because of this, drinking just is not an option in my mind. It's not something that I have to resist doing or convince myself not to do. I see it as something that I just can't do. I see a lot of posts on social media saying that it's not that you can't drink, it's that you don't want to drink. That works for a lot of us, but for me, I didn't stop drinking because I didn't want to drink anymore or didn't want to be miserable every day. So if you're more like me, maybe this perspective will be helpful. So back then, there was nothing that I wanted more than to be a normal drinker, but I accepted that I'm not. To me, saying that I can't drink is very empowering. It's okay to wish that you could drink or wish that you could be like everybody else, but realize that that's impossible for you. That's why I like to say I can't drink. I have to be sober because when I drink, I destroy my life. I can't just have a drink and move on like other people can. For me, gratitude that I get to be sober does not work. Sure, I'm thankful that I'm sober, beyond thankful, but that's not how I feel about quitting drinking. I quit drinking because I had to, and thinking of it that way removes any choice in the future. 
So if you identify with feeling that you don't want to drink and that you get to be sober, then that's great. And I hope that you really embrace that and you don't forget it. But if you're more like me and it's not that you don't want to drink, it's that you don't want to die or lose your kids or go to jail or whatever fears were becoming real for you, then that's totally fine too. And if you're somewhere in the middle, then think of your own way of saying either I get to be sober or I can't drink. I think that relapse is part of recovery for a lot of us, but it doesn't have to be everyone's story. If you know a bit about my story, then you may remember that I did one week sober back in 2017 and I did 90 days sober in early 2019. Both times, my intention was to drink again at some point. Sometimes we stop drinking because we're totally miserable and we know we need to, but alcohol still pulls us back in. I started questioning my drinking in 2014, didn't even get one day sober until I did that week in 2017, drank every day from then until early 2019, and didn't quit for real until the end of 2019. So alcohol addiction exists on a spectrum, and as we continue to drink problematically, we move down the spectrum. If you listened to episode 30 about gray area drinkers, then you heard me explain the concept of misery threshold. We all have a limit to how much suffering we can handle. My drinking was really problematic back in 2014, but it wasn't bad enough. Just like it wasn't bad enough in 2017 when I did the one week or in early 2019 when I did 90 days. It just wasn't bad enough to give up for good. The good things that I thought alcohol was bringing to my life outweighed the misery it caused. I didn't even stop for that one week in 2017 because I was miserable. I stopped to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic because somehow not drinking for one week proves that. It wasn't until 2019 that I was finally miserable enough to try not drinking. If you think about it, my journey to quitting was five years long. So it started back in 2014 when I started questioning my drinking. Your journey might be one year, two, or it could be 10. I think something that lowers your misery threshold is consuming sober content, educating yourself, and being more present in the community, even if that just means being a lurker in a sober Facebook group. Doing all of this opens your eyes to the possibility that sober life is better. You're exposing yourself to happy, sober people who love to drink just as much as you do. And with my podcast, you're learning about why you experience certain things like anxiety and why it's so hard for us to stop drinking even when we're miserable. Our emotions and the way we handle them contribute to our risk of relapse. A 2013 study looked at body language in people attending AA meetings. They found that displays of shame while talking about a negative drinking experience predicted the occurrence of a relapse and the intensity of negative drinking-related outcomes over the next four months. So what this means is... 
people that displayed shame while talking about their drinking were more likely to drink again in the next four months and have a lot of negative consequences. So not just have a drink or two and move on to really like go for it and blow up their lives again. Warning signs that you may be heading for a relapse include anxiety, feeling unhappy with your life, high stress, not having family or friends who are supportive of you, and failing to work on your recovery. Whether this is going to AA, reading Quitlet, being present in the online sober community, attending therapy, or going to other meetings, not drinking anymore is only the beginning of the work. If you find yourself continuously going back to drinking and beating yourself up afterwards, then I encourage you to start doing some work on your emotional sobriety. I have an ebook that can help you on my website, but I really encourage you to work through this with a therapist. When we're emotionally reactive, we lose sight of the future. We live in the present and don't even think about two hours from now. When you're triggered, facing social pressure, or experiencing a craving, you may just give in even though you know you shouldn't. The relief in the present moment matters more. If you work on your emotional sobriety, then you're able to play the tape forward and think of future you. So you'll see that even though drinking may be nice right now, it will cause so much misery, shame, and disappointment a few hours from now, and those feelings will last much, much longer than the hour or two of relief or happiness. People who can move away from being reactive will experience a lot less triggers and overwhelming emotions. Another thing that can help is reflecting on why you want to drink. What makes you keep going back to it? What do you think alcohol is really doing for you? Whatever those reasons are, start breaking them down. For me, my biggest thing was alcohol is fun and without drinking, life will be boring and sad forever. When I think about it though... I realize I never humiliate myself when I'm sober. I don't get in stupid fights with my husband. I don't get sick. I don't lose time. I don't pass out. And I don't get sloppy in front of everyone. None of that stuff is actually fun. I thought that you had to drink on vacation to have a good time, but my drinking only made my vacations worse. I did so many embarrassing things, ruined basically every morning, and came home exhausted and filled with regret. So after my 90-day challenge, a couple months later, we went on a cruise around Europe. It was my first time in Europe, and I was so excited just to see France, Italy, and Spain. One night, like most of the other nights, I got really drunk, passed out, and I forgot to set the alarm correctly for our excursion that day. And it was one of the two excursions that I was looking forward to the most. We were going to go to Ez in France and then to Monaco. I was looking forward to seeing the old town of Ez and climbing up the stairs because there's a gorgeous view. If you just Google Ez, E-Z-E, you can see um, the stairs and the view that I'm talking about. So I never made it to Ez. I've never seen it still. Thankfully, the cruise was able to fit us into another excursion that just went to Monaco and was shorter in length, but I still feel sad that I never made it.
I ruined my own time by getting super drunk. I even climbed up Mount Vesuvius with a massive hangover and nausea. That was the part of the trip that I was looking forward to the most, was climbing Mount Vesuvius, and the memory is tainted. And there's a lot of other embarrassing stuff from that vacation. It might have to be its own podcast episode. There are so many things. So if you've done some sober time, but then go back to drinking, don't consider it a failure. For many of us, it takes years of knowing our drinking is a problem and experimenting with sobriety before we actually embrace sobriety. And if you think about it, we are problem drinkers. We're obsessed with alcohol. We create our lives around alcohol. So we would fight really hard to keep it in our lives and deny what's going on and rationalize and do whatever we can. So it takes a lot of time to work through that and get to the other side. So every time that you go back to drinking, you learn something. I would never be as successful as I am today without having that 90-day experience and going back to drinking. I know without a doubt I can never drink again. If you go back to drinking or relapse, reflect on it when you're ready. What did you learn? How can you apply that knowledge in the future? What was the thought or the situation, or the feeling that came right before you started drinking. If you can identify the thing that triggers you the most, you can learn to avoid it, or you can learn to minimize it. So what I learned from looking back on my 90-day experience is that no amount of time will ever be enough to cure me, and that it's impossible to learn how to moderate. You can either do it or you can't. And once I let go of the hope of being able to moderate sometime in the future, I was able to really get sober. So I hope that this was helpful. The most important thing to remember is to not shame yourself. You're not the only one going back and forth. And if you resist the urge to shame and beat yourself up and you just get curious about the experience and analyze it, it will help you in the future. And I will talk to you guys next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.